I'm so delighted to share that this very episode is sponsored by Food Vitamin Energy. Sparkling, fruity, energising and refreshing. We can beat tiredness and fatigue with this simple solution. All the energy and all the vitamins without the chemical aftertaste. Use DBIT30 for 30% off at checkout at drinkfood.com. Spell it drinkfud. You Scottish listeners should laugh. What's happening people? Today my good friend and online coach Lewis McFarlane stops by. He's a good friend, everyone knows this, but today we speak beyond the friendship about how to mobilise a business during a pandemic. He is an absolute workhorse in and out of the gym for his clients and you'll be a breadth of that after this call. Anyway, if you enjoy the episode, give me a wee review on at Development by David on Instagram. Hope you enjoy the listen. Hi, my friends. Today, Lewis Bloody McFarlane dials in. How are we, Lewis? Oh, what's good, man? Thank you very much for having me on today. Um, been preparing all morning, mate. Breathing exercises, jumping about the, the <laughs> living room, caffeinating, hydrating. All the good stuff, man. What's happening? The routine doesn't end on a fucking weekend, mate. I love it. It was a bit, so, it was a bit slower this morning. To be quite <laughs> honest, mate. But um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Are we all caffeinated? This is coffee number two. So hopefully by the bottom end of this, I'll be uh, locked and loaded and ready to share some bombs with you guys. And for the listeners, it's 10 a.m. So that's two coffees by 10 a.m. But let me segue. Yeah. Segue on the go, man. Lewis is not only a brother from another mother, but is an online physique mentor and nutrition coach. He has now built a more recognizable collective umbrella of a brand, which is Lewis McFarlane Coaching, which is headquartered in Largs. And the man trains out of the sweat box in RDR. That sounds like a boxing phrase. When I say you train box, out of summer, doesn't it? Sounds pretty badass. That was a lovely weekend. Yeah. I like that. Ayrshire's heavyweight. <laughs> The number one pound for pound fighter in the fucking powerful pain and stain. So, I guess Lewis and I are best buds, and we often have these long form discussions over a drive or a pint or a gym session. We do, we do. But today, I want to draw value out of your coaching career, mate. Okay. So, I want to understand from you, mate. How you mobilized a fitness business during a pandemic. I want to completely understand it. Okay. Do you reckon I can achieve this by the end of the chat? Oh, I definitely. I think so. I hope so. Because <laughs> from my my experience so far with that question, um, it's a wee bit of winging it, but there's there's some sort of method behind the madness, to be honest. So do you want me just it definitely is, you want me to go in? So I guess uh what I want to do is, um, before we deep dive into this, right, give the, the listeners a brief introduction into your career in the fitness. For example, where did it start? Where has it went? And where do you think the LMC brand is going right now? I love it. I love it. It's such a deep root question. And for me, starting off in fitness, um, I was about 15. Um, obviously, at that age, you're looking to get a higher caliber of women in your life, perhaps. You know, I was soft little body not very athletic. I was fit. I was healthy, but I wasn't athletic. I just didn't have, I don't know, people just matured faster than me in school, I guess. And like, there was always that guy with a six pack at like 16 and you're like, what the fuck? But then I'm over here, soft body, not very athletic. And I'm like, you know what? My confidence isn't where it should be. I want to start, you know, hanging out with nicer looking girls, getting on dates, things like that. And it was generally because my ego was driving it. Like I just generally wanted to like go on dates and I guess have sex. (laughs) 
<laughs> to be honest, um, but putting that to the side, um, yeah, my my real values and goals at the start of getting into fitness were a lot lower than they are now, and it was generally for getting a higher caliber of women. And that's when I was about 15, and my brother trained me, well, not trained me, but gave me a program on the back of like a an old like um, Tony Max notepad from where he worked at the time from like restaurant. It was like a five day splitting, you know. I just used to wake up every morning at like 6 a.m. before school and just do this workout, this this workout every day. And I'd done it for like a whole year and I'd cycle to school every day. And when I was getting into this routine, I was waking up, I was putting music on, I was stretching, I was doing the workouts, I was cycling to school. And I was consciously saying to myself, if you're living a fitness, like a, a fit and healthy lifestyle, you got to eat that way as well. So Again, nutritional knowledge wasn't that good back then, but I just cut sweets, cut fizzy juice, um, got myself into eating leaner protein sources, eating more carbohydrates. And over time, like I think it was about six six months to a year, my physique changed like considerably to the point that <laughs> I'd lost the majority of all my body fat, built a fairly good frame of muscle for my age, for only being a year into training. And you know what? I got some birds. I got some girls at the end of all this. <laughs> I wanted to look around on this because what signaled to me there was that initially when you joined as a fitness partaker, Partaker. your values, your values lied in external validation from girls Mm -hmm. and the kind of being a proud, you wanted to make your, your bigger brother proud. You wanted to follow what he gave you, execute it and have his kind of recognition. So it it seemed like very external at that point. Looking at you now, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah, massively. Like when I started, like my brother, I looked up at him. He was older. He was in good shape. He was he was deadlifting crazy weight, and always see his fitness pictures and stuff. And he was absolutely smashing it. And again, external validation is a great word for it because when you are unconfident and you, you tie all your self worth to these things that don't really define you, and then it's only until you start like trying to, I don't know, guess self development, progress your own values and your own self worth to another level through training, through exercise, eating better and learning and stuff like that. That's only when you can start finding that it's not that external validation you look for. It's like the validation within yourself and who you are and how you feel about yourself, you know? I love that. And a recent thing that you told me on a trip was if you don't feel good yourself, then your clients are not going to feel good. Mm -hmm. You're not going to deliver a high quality service if you don't look good. And I never framed it that way. I always said to you, oh, Lewis, if, if you were if you were out of shape, you'd I think you would be the workhorse you are, and I think you would still deliver a high quality service. And you rebuttaled that and shot me down and you you eloquently you eloquently displayed that. So just quickly, why would being out of shape affect your business? Oh, so be, being out of shape definitely would affect the business because like if I'm living the lifestyle that I'm preaching to the masses. And behind the scenes, um, carrying more weight than I personally want, not training the way I want, not going out the walks, not getting to sleep in and not living a healthy lifestyle, then I'm going to be, what's that one quite a lot of people fall into now? Uh, what's the word for it? I forgot off the tip of my tongue. But generally, I wouldn't be living my life to the highest standards that I expect from my clients, essentially. Imposter syndrome, sorry, that would be the one. It's like... I'm giving all this advice out. I'm telling people to do this. It's like, do as I say, not as I do, pretty much. But if I'm yeah. really not living the lifestyle that I believe in, that I want my clients to fall into, then who am I to say to them 
to do certain things that I would require for my coaching service. Like I think with me as well as my body is as much as my business as my business is as much as my body. It's like they go hand in hand. And if my physique or something goes to the wayside and I don't give it as much attention, I do notice an effect with my business because content goes, my enthusiasm and mindset goes because when you start beating yourself up for doing the wrong thing, like, you know, a couple of days in the trough of eating bad food or not exercising, that'll, that'll show your clients see that when you're not living the lifestyle, getting up when you should, going to bed when you should, you're underrested, you're overeating, you're not in shape, like they'll be able to smell that mile away and you think that you're going to motivate them to get in shape when you're not doing it yourself. You know, it doesn't really weigh up in my eyes, to be honest. So I've always noticed that. As you can see, I'm smiling because everything you're saying is something I've always recognized in you. Mm. And I guess what we've touched on there is it started external, then went intrinsic. So your values have changed. The question I had for you, where, where did LMC start and where's it going and where's it been? And so we just mapped you going from external validation to intrinsic validation. Mm. And now what I want to know is what is the LMC platform? What have you built yourself just now? What, what do you run? Mm-hmm. What are your services? How many people you got on board? So it's, it's quite crazy right now because over the last couple of years, it's really shut off. And I remember from just working in like council gyms and doing my part online and doing a little bit on social media that I started off with bare bones, man. Like the stuff I was delivering two years ago, even at a year ago, is completely different to, pardon me. Just, and just, me. And just interject at this yeah. point, I remember the very first training plan you gave me when I was going, I was preparing to go to Turkey on a family holiday in 2015 or 16. I shot you a DM and you prepared on a notebook, a training plan in pencil and sent me photographs of that. That's where... That's where Lewis McFarlane used to be. And now you've got all these systems and you've got That's everyone. Cool. You have like a clan, you have a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I love looking back at those, those dog days, we'll call it or something. Just such loose cuff um, program delivery. But at the time I just knew I love fitness. I love helping other people understand what fitness is. And I loved being able to be the person that helped others. So giving wee plans like that and that was you're not the only one I gave loads of little written plans to people and then I remember I went to just online coaching a little bit while I was working with the council as a fitness instructor and, and fitness provider and that allowed me to start scaling up and I started making pdfs and documents and training nutrition and just selling out we cheap as hell and I'm talking like you're talking 20 pounds a month kind of stuff like cheap as shit um, but now, fast forward to now, a couple of years in the trot after working with several different companies, um, investing in different coaches, my own personal development and leveling up my standards and my team and my values, that's allowed me to deliver a much denser service, which provides on different levels, not only just aesthetics and getting somebody in shape, but more of the mindset and the nutrition side of things as well, which is something that I've always been a big believer in. It's mindset first, nutrition comes ties everything together and then training is just a cherry on top, you know? So I love that. when what I'm delivering now, you know, I've got like, you know, 50 plus clients in the team. I've got my first um, coach on my team, which is my brother now. Um, I've got Amy working with me again, delivering stuff behind the scenes, helping me run all the systems. Like I'm just one guy and to, to work at 22, to work with 50 clients across the books, um, you know, all high paying clients that love the service and, get amazing results like for me that's me hit a hell of a goal 
so early on and there's so much there's so much behind the scenes that comes from coaching because it's there is so many different modalities to training nutrition and mindset that you can't really just say this is what I do there's just so many different little avenues but to tighten in it I generally combine holistic health um modalities with physique transformation to get like a 360 on giving somebody the results they want in a way that's sustainable and enjoyable that is generally what i do man so we went full circle then i think all the listeners got a full uh google maps tour of your brain right there which i really appreciate you should be so proud mate and i'm so proud of you so moving on you're welcome mate so the, the topic of today was how to mobilize a business during a pandemic so from what I remember, we went into lockdown. Can I just interject? Is that, is that a play on words? Mobilize. <laughs> <laughs> Mobilization. Mobility. Uh, um, okay. Sorry. But I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we, we went into lockdown on the 23rd of March. Gyms were closing. Shop shelves were clearing. Everyone's fitness journey went on hold. Everyone's fitness business went into uncertainty. But off the back, mate, I remember you funneled out free content, free home workout plans, IGTV videos on nutrition myths. You launched a podcast with free deep dive content across a panel of topics. So what I want to know, mate, what was the drive behind punching home free content at a time when your business seemed most financially at risk? Scott, I love that question. It gives me a smile because looking back and because we're still living in the pandemic right now, it seems so strange looking back and being like, oh, this has actually still happened to us this year. But, you know, when lockdown hit, I just came, I, I was almost near burnout before lockdown actually hit. So I was, you know, doing about 45 plus hours of personal training sessions a week. And um, on top of that, 20 plus online clients and like was really pushing the boat out of my business very quickly. Like over the last year, that's when my business has taken a massive step. So, you know, I'm spinning all these plates, keeping my head above water, just learning on the go. Um, and when lockdown hit, it went from like hero to zero. Everything just came crashing down. Um, clients fell off the face of the earth. I didn't know what to do. Nobody knew what to do. Government didn't know what to do. No other fitness professional knew what to do. So it was just like, what do we actually sit and think about here? And, you know, I took a little week, maybe 10 days to just be like, fuck it. I'm going to chill out for a wee bit. I've not had a break in eight, nine months. I'm going to just relax. Um and let my thought process and let all this nonsense kind of uh, settle before I, I do anything. And having that time just to take a foot off the gas and realize that my business isn't where I wanted to be. Like I was working, I was doing crazy hours. I had the clients, but I didn't have job fulfillment or satisfaction. And that's when I took a wee step back and thought to myself, like, this is a chance for me to reinvent. This is a chance for me to like reinvent my business and, look at it a different way, like all the head melting clients that I had that had fucked off, had fucked off. I didn't even need to um, worry about that. It's just, they were gone. <laughs> so a lot of time came back, a lot of energy, a lot more fulfillment of just me taking a deep dive back in and myself again, t- talking about like body and business, like it allowed me to focus on my body again, my mindset again, my routine, my habits, something I hadn't been able to do for so long. And that allowed me to start having all these fresh ideas, these thoughts, these things, and allowed me to realize what I want from coaching, what I want my clients to be like, what my audience is, and who I as an actual coach want to be to the clients I'm serving. So, you know, mobilizing through the start of lockdown, it went from, as I said, 
hero to zero. Coming into that, it was just a, a moment of starting to deliver and share as much free positive content on self-development, fitness, training, mindset, mobility, just loads of stuff. It was like a melee of just random shit, but it was all the stuff that I loved. And I just started pumping that every day, like daily socials, daily content, while I was working a hell of a lot on myself. And it led me to the thought of, you know what, I can I can bring my expertise to the table on a mass scale here. You've got so many people sitting at home worried about their health, their finances, their well-being, what they're going to be able to do, who they're going to be able to be, where, where their year's gone, what's happened, this, that, and the other. Like crazy. Everyone's going crazy. And I was like, right, if I can be somebody that I would want to be, if, no, if I could be somebody that I would want somebody else to be to me during this phase in time, then how am I going to show up and give as much value to the clients and the people that are watching my page possible? So that was that was to bring a class together that which started off um, so small scale, but Sunday stretch I called it, and it was a class where I actually scaled it over the course of two weeks from zero people to over 50 people. And that was, that brought a hell of a lot of income in for me at the time, which at a time where I went from making good money to no money whatsoever, to then scaled that and flipped in his head to then have some money coming back in. That just got the fire started for me again. And from there, it was just a deep dive into who am I? What am I doing? How am I actually going to be able to bring this to more people where do I want to go with my coaching journey? It really just relit a fire because I was like, I can work from online anywhere in the world. People are sitting in their living room. <laughs> People are sitting in their living room with me on a Sunday afternoon for a whole hour to stretch with me, chat at the end, mindset, breathing, introspective work. And I was like, People fucking love this shit. Like, let's bring it to a higher scale. And that's what I've done, man. You know? Lewis. Yeah. I really wanted to touch on Sunday stretch. You know this. You know I loved it. Uh-huh. Not only the front end, I participate. I participated in the in the Sunday stretch, and I loved it. But the back end stuff of it, as a management consultant by day, it ticked every box of my satisfactions. Mate, tell me about the back end process that brought it to life. Mm-hmm. What was the behind the scenes? Mm-hmm. Because I know, I know, it, I know it just wasn't a Zoom call. There was more to it. Amy was involved. Yeah, yeah. Unload- that one, this is where it all kind of kicked off with getting people on my team and helping me out to scale because I, I didn't know really how to delegate before. I didn't know who's what work I could give to other people and stuff to help me out on. But the, the, the deep roots of Sunday Stretch started like the first two weeks of lockdown when everyone was running about like headless chickens. I would, as I said, I was doing a lot of personal development work myself and I'd like on a on an afternoon or on a night time when I'd, I'd done what I needed to do for the day, I'd maybe... You know, I'll have a joint, have a, a nice glass of red, and then I'd start stretching for like an hour plus and film myself and film me videos. And, you know, I would stretch for like 90 minutes on a night time and get so mobile and so get into such a good flow of my breathing and have a lot of really good feelings and thoughts in my own head. And I put a wee video up and somebody was just like, oh, amazing. How do you do this? How can I stretch that way? You're so mobile. You're so... And I keep getting these messages and I was like this. Hmm, alarm bells are ringing. People are asking for this. Let's bring it. So Sunday stretch started, right? Easy peasy at the start. There was only 10, 15, maybe 20 people on. And it was manageable for myself. But as the class grew, as the social media side of things grew, like I was getting tagged in over 100 people's stories at, at the end of a class. And obviously that had done good things for social media. But 
I got to the point every Sunday for a week of like planning the whole hour class, the mindset side of things, the breathing side of things, what flow, what stretches, is it hip week, is it low back week, shoulder week? Um, I had to get somebody else on team. So Amy, who was living with me, my, my current girlfriend, my current girlfriend, I say, if you don't listen to this, <laughs> you are my girl. Having, ha- having one is too close to having none, am I right, Louis? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully she still likes me after this. But yeah, she started helping out. Um, she brought structure because she's she's a law she has um she's got a master's in law she's smart cookie so she was able to bring the structure and the email service to life and be the person who got everyone in through the funnel into the team onto the zoom updated everyone hey guys this is your this is the payment this is what you're due happy messages she dealt with all the back end stuff. And I was just the delivery. So she took the stress off me and that allowed me and her to scale, which brought more income for us and more um, more freedom, really, which is what everyone generally wants. But during a time of lockdown, we were free enough as it was, but the finances were low, so stress was high. So it was just about topping it on its head to bring something that people would love. I could pay my girlfriend, I could pay myself, and everyone was getting a good piece of the pie from it. You know, it was hitting all, all sectors in terms of um, fulfillment and stuff. Yeah, there was absolutely no negatives. You built a clan. I think I introduced three or four people to it. Dead man. Everyone loved it, mate, including myself. Um, so I guess going from the value-adding perspective of it there, of people having accountability and having belonging, I want to ask you, mate, what do you think people need most during a pandemic in terms of being a client? Mm. Results or reassurance? So... One one thing I noticed that everyone needs more than more than anything is the reassurance side to things to know that yeah the world the gyms might be closed the world might be an uproar you might not be able to do what you once did but it's an opportunity to develop but still people put up these barriers like cause it's a, pan- a pandemic and stress is high that I can't do certain things but showing that there's a community like for all my guys i don't have it in place at the time but for all my guys i've got a community built where there's like 50 plus strong people in there helping each other support each other and and bring more to it than a one-to-one service so it's like people need community to see that other people are nailing it and doing the right thing and holding themselves to a high standard and showing up every day people need to have a bit of that competition so they're like you know what fuck Sarah down the road she's she's still doing it why can't I you know I should be able to do this and like holds them to a higher level of thought rather than just you know oh pandemic let's turn into a professional zoom drinker again and start baking bread every day and you know get out of shape and six months later ask what the hell has happened you know so it's like we needed I needed to have something in place for all my guys to hang out in somewhere I could live and give not just individual content, but wide scale content to more people at like more of a concentrated dose almost of Lewis McFarlane to my clients. And that allowed um, all my clients to actually make the best results that I've ever had in any, any phase of my coaching career so far was over lockdown. And that was because of community reassurance and still driving home to them that results could be made. So it was a combination of everything, to be honest. So results and reassurance held hands. If you gain reassurance, your clients gain results. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely admire that, man. I guess my, my mindset on the lockdown straight off the bat was it's the only time in existence where everybody, whether Jeff Bezos, Justin Bieber, your old dad, 
myself are running the same race in life. Justin Bieber had the same access to nightclubs that I did. Mm. Everyone is against everyone. How do you separate yourself from the plaque? The pack. The pack. <sighs> and there's there's not going to be another time in humanity where this hopefully will happen. I hope not. This is our time. This is our time to shine, essentially, as individuals. We're on a level playing field for the first time in years. And mate, I watched you in comparison to the rest of the coaches in the game, especially the collective that you're part of. Just excel and go your own way. You were a trailblazer, you were a maverick. Not to butter you up too much, right? Really but I want to... to the fucking audience in a minute, man. What I want to lead on to with this, mate, is that we know that environment dictates outcome. At a time where we were disconnected from our own environment, which is the gym or the office, how did you change your environment to shapeshift into a new normal? What systems did you put in place? During, during lockdown... Um, you know, it was a, a bit of a roller coaster, like it for me, like it was for everyone else. But staying in a flat just with my girlfriend for the first time ever, just me and her, was really good because uh, she's one of the most supportive people I know. Um, and she was there for me. She doesn't really bug me at all. She just lets me crack on, do my content, do my work. She'll help out when needs be. The time I spend with her is always nice. It's wholesome. It's not stressful. We barely fall out. When we do, it's resolved because we're fucking adults and we're happy to deal with it. But at the end, like as lockdown continued and, and moved forward, like I went through highs and lows like everyone did. Like I had a really good little window of time where, you know, I was just me and Amy staying with her and building a great business and realizing who I wanted to be as a coach and stuff like that. And then over the course of, of time as it progressed, moved in with my flatmate again, he came back and not saying it was a bad thing, but it was probably a wrong decision to live with another two people because where I was going, where his head was and where Amy's head was, it was a bit of a clash, <clears throat> which, um, you know, environment breeds success. And when you're, you're clashing constantly, you're not really going to get the best sleep or the best downtime or the best free time that you want. So when all that gets mixed up, you do need to, you do need to mix up and change. So for breeding a good result out of it, um, as you kind of just said, uh, environment is key. So for me, it was generally just building a position or not building a position, building a system through my day where I had little things that were going to help me work inside my body, like work my mindset, my internal health, um, habit stacking so I could like have periods of time to walk to meditate, to de-stress, to gratitude to journal to have cold showers to have time where I wasn't doing anything Just I, I remember writing on a whiteboard like every day take 45 minutes to do completely fuck all like do nothing at all and also have on my whiteboard like I'm big for goals and if I have them in front of my face all the time and the reason you can build a good environment and stick to it is when you set your goals and then your goals dictate the environment that you want to live in. So like if my goals were lower and they weren't as, you know, progressive as they were during lockdown, I'm pretty sure that I would have had a different environment. It would have been a lot easier, but I set the bar high with what I wanted to achieve because I had all this time. So I made sure my environment was going to produce results. It was habit stacking on habit stacking to allow me to go quite hard for, from about 6am in the morning till about you know 5 at night 
every day and compound interest pays off man like doing that for like <laughs> seven seven eight months mate something's going to happen you know mate i remember we touch base so regularly but at that point you were a catalyst you were a tumbleweed that wasn't stop that didn't stop rolling and i couldn't even connect with you mate you were just absolutely smashing it i guess financially that was huge the, 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 the big ones were I mean, I know, I know how, how big the ones were, but emotionally, did I ever kind of come to an end? Was it an anticlimax? Did you burn out? Oh, yeah. Just, I think I'm really bad for this. I'll go go hard, get into a routine, do something, max out, burn out, regenerate and re-go. And it's like, I'm really, I need to learn how to spin the plates better and wear different hats at different times. But yeah, burnout happened. Burnout has happened to me probably about two times in my life on a proper scale, which has been quite overwhelming and scary. And I'm not like everyone will maybe even burn out at one stage of their life, but it's one of the most eye-opening times because you're like, what is this all for? Why am I doing this? Who am I? Why is this actually the case? Um, and, you know, burnout during lockdown, yeah, definitely. I was, again, those all those habits on top of each other nailing training, getting a coach, building a business, doing this, doing that. I was spinning all the plates. Of course, they're going to come toppling down at one point, especially when I moved flat mid-lockdown as well, moving, and then started picking up PT one-to-one clients again. Like I was literally doing, again, straight went from like doing like maybe 15 to 20 hours max work a week, like literally living the four-hour work week kind of like life and enjoying things and taking it easy to go and, straight back from zero to hero again so that flipped on its head from the start of lockdown to mid lockdown to the end of lockdown or the first lockdown that was and i went back to doing like you know 45 50 60 hours pt a week because i had an influx of all these clients who were so buzzing to get back on board and get going again because i have my studio i opened that place up and was traveling 15 hours on top of that a week had 30 online clients was still doing Sunday stretch, pretty much was working about 85, 90 hours a week at the end. And on top of that, your thought processes didn't stop. Did not stop. When you weren't working, you were still working in your head. Yeah, yeah. And like, in hindsight, looking back now, what my friends and stuff said to me, especially the guy that I lived with, um, David, he was like, dude, I just wanted to say to you at night just to chill out and wind down and calm down and I'd be coming in, putting the door down, smashing a meal, then getting on the laptop for work again, and then waking up at 6 a.m. to get the work done before going for a full day of work to then come back and do the work. And I just, I, I'm really bad. I fall into these habits of just working so much and then not taking it all in. And then by the, by the next time I want to take it all in, I've burnt out. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, there's times like that. And when you burn out, it's probably the lowest time you can have because your fulfillment's low, you're overworked, you're underslept, your thoughts do run dry. Like when I get good, again, a good flow of things, it's like produce mode, it's go, go, go. But when those thoughts dry up in the content and you stop having these ideas, you're like, your self-worth gets tied to the, how well you were doing before, even though you were stressed out and running ragged. And then you do beat yourself up a bit, but I'm just learning to deal with that better. And, And where I'm at now is about, taking a deep breath every day to make sure you don't fall back into that because I know who I am and I'm guilty for fucking up. 
you know. A key takeaway I took there, mate, was that there is a pattern of you excelling, burning out, excelling, burning out. And you're good at pattern recognition. I'm good at pattern recognition. So I think moving forward, you're probably recognizing that you need to plan your burnout, but for it not to be a burnout. And I think we did that when we went away a couple of weeks ago. For context, Lewis and I went to Glencoe, went to the remote highlands for a weekend just to chill out and unwind because I have a busy schedule and Lewis is tenfold that. How did that little break reset you? For me, um, obviously just treated myself to a new car, which was nice. Um, a couple of days prior, so taking that spin, like not even not even about the car, but see, just getting away and knowing that I can switch off the phone and be in a car driving up Glencoe a couple hours and not have the opportunity to look at my phone, to go and email, or to what to like have time to sit down and be like, fuck, I need to do work. It's like, no, you're away, you're in the Highlands. The clients know you're away. They're not going to bug you. They're all happy. Pardon me, and just knowing that allows me to kind of just be like, oh, fair. Maybe <laughs> go, I can live the life of old Lewis. And like, there's still things, like habits that I've had since I was a wee boy, which I'm quite happy still having that I can live in when I take the foot off the gas, when I'm not being the coach, when I'm not being the, the boyfriend, when I'm not being the, the you know business owner, when I'm not doing all that. It's like I can be old Lewis, the guy who just, cracks up at stupid shit who you know can eat some cookies and some bad food have a couple of drinks and just spit the shit with a mate like i can do that but i just need, I need to plan when i want to do it otherwise if i do it too much i don't get anything, anything done <laughs> i love that mate and that is such a good segue into my next question which is how do you segregate lewis mcfarlane coaching as a business to Lewis McFarlane as an individual, the friend, the brother, the boyfriend, how do you stop them bleeding into the same guy? Kind of similar to the kind of set your burnout time, except this time it's like set the time that you're going to be a coach, set the time that you're going to be a boyfriend and a brother or a boss. So it's like through the week, I know where my output hours are. I know when I need to work in and I know when I need to be a boyfriend to Amy. If she's had a shit day at work, I can't come home because she works for me, tell her. Because she works another job. Like I can't be like, oh, have you done those emails? Have you chased those payments? Have you done this? Have you done? And she'd fucking hit me in the head. So I need to choose dates where me and Amy can sit down and you know plan. I call it a Sunday huddle. On Sundays, I'll do updates. She'll work with me. She'll get things put in the pipeline for November, December, help me out and get some um, some resources together and stuff. So there's set periods where I can be her boss, so to say, or business partner, and she can work in a business mindset. And then there's time where we can sit on the couch and have a cuddle and watch a film and just be a boyfriend, girlfriend, or go a walk or whatever you do, whatever boyfriend, girlfriends do. It sounds like I don't even know what to do, um, <laughs> but all that, all that kind of wholesome stuff. But there's time, there's times in place for the work, there's times in place for the relationship. Um, we cut off at nighttime. Like we sometimes talk about work a wee bit, if I've had a stressful week, but we'll generally cut off. Like when I finish my last PT session on a nighttime, that's my phone off and that's me driving up the road to get Amy or to get my brother to talk about who we are and how our day's been not just about the work. And the same goes for Ian, like him coming up from London, um, his music career, <laughs> music career, music career going down the pan, 
with COVID and stuff, not having any income and stuff, like he was stressed coming home and him flipping at 360 and becoming a coach and a PT. He's got insecurities. He's got thoughts. He's got questions that sometimes just need to be asked. But because he's my brother and he's just like me, I know how to answer in a way that doesn't put me back into the work mode so we can talk about work and, pro- and progress and mindset even when we're out of the workflow because that's just what we like talking about. So for me and Ian, it's never really an on-off thing. It's just a constant. Um, it's not always about work. It's sometimes just about having a laugh. And I don't know, me and Ian don't have that cut off, but for me and Amy, there's definitely that cut off to, to have more of the kind of emotional connective times and the kind of deep dive work times. So there's just it's just about systems in place. And you know, I know my week, I look at my diary and it's all periodized. So I know when I'm going to be a, a brother or a boyfriend or a, a training partner or a coach or a girlfriend. A girlfriend, no, a boyfriend. Um, <laughs> you know, I know I know when I can choose it. Like this weekend after we come off this podcast, I'll drive over to Amy's, the phone's off, clients are onboarded, everyone knows them, they're not going to be able to talk to me on a Saturday until tomorrow when I do updates. So, you know, I've got a whole 20, 24 hours to spend with Amy being a boyfriend and that's going to be great. And I look forward to that because it means I can not be the wear the coach's hat and wear the I can be Lewis McFarlane and somebody takes it a bit easier and that's loud. So what what I'm taking for that mate from that is that I can see how integrated your business is. You're the leader and that ethos that you just presented trickles down. And everyone's aware of their expectations. Everyone's aware of their expectations of you. And that's because you have sole ownership of LMC. But prior to that, you were part of a wider Glasgow collective. Um, I'm not going to name not drop the name, but it was a really fast, rapidly growing collective in Glasgow. That it, it, it did propel amazing things, but that came to an end for you. Mm-hmm. Explain the collective that you're part of, the process of going through it, the key takeaways that you got from that, and then why that came to an end ultimately. Generally, just my vision and values took over. Like I was just honest enough with myself. Like as I said, I'd burn out. I'd had some thoughts and when you do burn out and you feel your lowest of low, you'd really just evaluate what's driving your passion, what's actually fulfilling you, what's going to give you the biggest rate of interest and return. Like you need to just talk to yourself on a deep level and be real. So despite you being part of a great community and a great team and a growing company, et cetera, if that's not in line with where you're going and who you want to be, then you're just wasting time. Like for so long, I've pushed my brand, but then been tied to little or bigger brands along the way. and never really had the, trage- the trajectory that I've wanted to go all in in my own thing. So after burnout number two, sounds like a race car game, burnout two, <laughs> um, which you completed it, mate. I know, man, completed that. So after the second burnout, it was just a slap in the face, like Lewis, what are you doing? You've got the clients and a, you've got the you've got the coaching skills, you've got the clients, you've got the vision, you've got the energy. Why don't you do it yourself? Why don't you go out and yourself and just take that big deep breath that you tell all your clients to when they're embarking on something big? And just bite the bullet. And so I done that, and you know, very liberating, very scary, but I was ready because I knew deep down that this is the path I was going and you probably can't get enough of the brand. You probably see that we LM everywhere now. 
and plastered. I'm waiting for my merch to come through the post, mate. Exactly. So it'll be there, mate. It'll be there after this pod, man. But generally, I had to get away from the, the other collective of coaches, not because any negative reasons, like they're all a bunch of great coaches and PTs, but my brand and my vision was aligning through different stars and there was they want to go one way i want to go the other and when there's clash and you're not going to be 100 percent committed i would therefore be a shit employee to them and bring their brand down and i would never want to one ruffle anyone else's feathers because i know the person who've made that brand has worked their arse off and has been a great motivation for me through my coaching career so seeing him do such an amazing thing with a company only inspires me to do it with myself and you're never going to make a make a million working for somebody else and it's not about money but at the same time i like that phrase because it just shows that you just gotta go out on your own when you feel it you know as naval ravikant says you don't get rich renting out your time and rich doesn't mean monetary it can mean fulfillment mm-hmm. it can mean happiness yeah. and you don't get that from renting out your time and mm-hmm. i think you noticed that and i did notice that your your game change stepped up after you work with those guys i think you a lot of those systems must feed into the back process back end processes of lmc surely yeah because you leveled up so like kind of what you were saying about wealth i want to just touch on that again it's like wealth is just it's been able to do it's been able to do what you want when you want with whoever you want for as long as you want and i always yeah. found my weeks were bottlenecked being like the lewis mcfarland coaching head of business but then working a high scale with this other company so it was like I was doing two jobs and my resources were split and I, I was serving from an empty cup on both and then one was becoming more negative than the other and I just felt like this is not really working so just kind of off the back of that yeah um they were mass massive part of my life because I was one of the first coaches in the team so I was like quite fresh in the door. I was I was there. I had that kind of authority with the brand from the get-go, um, which was nice. So that did leverage my social status in Glasgow. Um, it also gave me an opportunity to work with a coach that I deeply admired. Like when I moved to Glasgow, I was like, he's my competition. I need to blow him away. And, you know, in a matter of months, I was working with him. I was one of his right-hand men. Um, so that was a great experience. Learned a hell of a lot about just client communication, how to run an online business, what kind of content, how to speak, how to copyright, how to do certain things that allowed you to become more of a businessman rather than just a guy who had a, a hobby that he was paid for. And David, um, I will just say here and there that I learned so much from those all those guys that, and girls that is, I've taken a little bit of a part of them to my own business and learned so much from all of them individually because some are they all just have their own personality and they always said to me like you're so individual you're so yourself and that kind of just keep reinforcing to me that you know I was a bit different and maybe I wasn't going to be fully aligned with them at the end of the day but everything that we've been through and everything we've done together and everything we accomplished like we were working between us at one point we had over 600 clients like working under a roster oh. between eight coach, no, six coaches. So we all pretty much had our fingers at a hundred clients each at a time. And that was allowing us to leverage our impact to a massive scale over lockdown, a, a time where everyone was going crazy. So you know what? 
hats off to everyone on the team. Hat, like I'm just chuffed I had the experience to work with them and learn from them. And I found out what I don't like doing and I found out what I do like doing and what kind of coaching I like to go for. And it just gave me an idea of this is what they're doing. This is what I'm doing. That works for that amount of people in that client base. This is what I like doing with my clients. This still works. Anything that happens in between, it's like, it's it's free zone. It's like the way we I don't know. You know, I just learned a lot, to be quite honest. Yeah, I love to hear that. And it just shows your character when you go your own way, but can still speak so positively about another collective and another rival at the moment. Pretty much, and pretty much. But they're all legends, like... Or, Good times. I, I follow them all and I, I love all their content. So I guess what I saw there was that that widespread approach that they had was for the general population. But what you do now, the holistic approach, the gut health approach, I wouldn't say it's for the, the I wouldn't say it's tailored for the general public. I would say it's people who have dabbled in fitness and had maybe that fitness menopause that we often talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, is very tailored, very specific. And I've embarked on a some approaches of that right now and i've never felt any better this is the best i've ever felt um so i guess and it, describe describe your approach to coaching and just to kind of an early there how you're feeling right now is that off the back of the conversation we had on the way home in the drive home there you go yeah there you go so, so just just for um clarity i don't eat processed foods anymore you say that, but you, you dabble in again. You'll probably have a bagel in a couple of weeks' time and you'll fucking have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, just whole foods. I'm timing my carbs so much better. I'm waking up hydrating. Uh, I went from drinking 500 milliliters of water a day to like three three liters. Um, I hydrate before I caffeinate. Um, I'm getting macros in. I'm starting the day off with kiwis. And I, you know... That that sounds that sounds so mundane and so simple, but if you looked at old David, you looked at me and you said, "David, you're out of shape." And I think you meant that not just physically, but mentally. Mm-hmm. And now, I, like I said, I'm losing the belly. I'm feeling amazing. amazing. My confidence is through the roof, and that's all down to you. So, can you explain your approach, your holistic approach? So, I just want to I just want to say again, like you're an operator, man, and you do deserve to eat the right foods and feel the best way because if you and you're like, because I know you're all about it. It's like, you should always hold yourself to that higher standard to want to eat that way because it makes you feel that way. And you know you're going to, if you turn up with good energy and you feel confident and you feel great and you're losing the fat, then keep on it, man. Honestly, go you. I just wanted to kind of pat you in the back there for, for doing that, man. Thanks, mate. And, you know, it worked this week. Probably the best work week I've ever had. Thank just you. smashing it on client calls, smashing it on deliverables, feedback through the roof. Good. And it's all it's all down to that, mate. Thank you. I'm glad I'm glad that's been such a, a massive impact for you straight away. So my experience with holistic coaching, um quite hard well, not hard to explain. It is deep dive. Like I hired my own my own coach um during lockdown. Again, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I felt like I was the smartest person in the room because it was just me isolated in my house doing what I knew doing what I thought and I remember there was a couple of days of two weeks went by and I weighed in and I was sitting at like 85 kilo right and I was like Jesus and I remember posting on Instagram like a day in the life of Lewis's diet and I ate nine times (laughs) (laughs) nine, nine meals right and if you look through it it was 
some healthy, probably about 30-40% healthy, the rest highly refined processed foods that were um, welcomed by the Western society as health foods. And like protein bars and stuff. Protein bars, lower calorie alternatives, um, um, low calorie substitutes, bars, snack things, all that kind of stuff. Protein yogurts, all that jazz, right? Um, and generally, I was looking at myself in the mirror, looking at my diet on my plate that I was eating every day, and looking at my physique and being like, "Is this what health is? Is this?" the diet I should be eating is this. And I started questioning pretty much everything I'd been doing for the last so many years. And I always said to myself, I thought my fighting weight was at 80 kilos. I call my fighting weight um, pretty much the weight I feel my best at. Good energy, good focus. I, I look okay, all that kind of stuff, like ticking the main boxes for living a life, right? And then I was five kilos heavier than that. So I was like, right, so I need to pull back on something. So... I decided just to reach out to a coach and just hire a coach and say, right, let's see what somebody else would do for me. So I did. And I reached out to Coach Jake Carter, somebody who I still contact with um, regular, regularly today, who's been on my podcast. Great one if you want to go us to that. Um, and what a, what a deep dive that was, man. He is honestly one of the most influential people that have reached out to me and I've spoke to in my entire life. He gave me the tools and the understanding of nutrition again to 360 my whole life. And it was within the eight weeks of working with him and learning from him why nutrition is such such a powerful master in driving the results that you think you want that you don't know you can achieve. And when working with him over eight weeks, I lost over 20 pounds of body weight got absolutely shredded like I was competing again like I, I, for the listeners like a year ago I competed in bodybuilding and came forth at a, a regional show and that for me was a good thing but I got an extremely lean condition for that like so so lean but and it was in a very unhealthy way whereas this time I'd done it in eight weeks not tracking calories, just focusing on nutrient value and got in the best shape of my life mentally and physically in eight weeks' time following just just real setting diet, real setting diet and home training. And looking at that gave me, almost just blew the head off me because I understood now, I understood why certain nutrition modalities can help you feel this way. Like, using turmeric to help with anti-inflammatory and to help speed up recovery process, using kiwi to increase serotonin, use implementing pomegranate in the morning to help in increase your blood flow in the morning along with red meat and like eating steak in the morning to help um, secrete iron and vitamin B to keep you fuller longer. And, you know, just took the foot off the gas and stop looking at it as macros, calories, hit your protein, YOLO the fats and carbs, you'll get there one day, son, keep digging. It was just like, nah, let's eat good. Let's make all your food like so nutrient dense. And I went from eating like 4,000 calories to 700, uh, 1,700 or 1,800 calories. And I know it's a massive deficit by the sounds of that, almost like two and a half thousand. But I felt fuller eating the, other, the, the latter, the 1,800 calories than I did on the highly refined processed food diet. And the shape that I had 
the energy I had, the sex drive I had, the muscle I was building, the shape that I brought, I was like, fuck, what the hell is this? This is a hack. This is such a hack. And, you know, since then, looking back, I've deep dived more into holistic health coaching, um, learned from Paul Check, learned from other holistic health coaches and really took it under my own, just really applied it to the ethos that I live my life by. And that allowed, that allowed me, now that I've done it myself, learned about it myself, applied it to my clients, got amazing results. Like I've had clients fuck, come off medication that they've been on for years just through certain diet modalities that I've implemented and learned about. And to me, that's the result. It's not always about the shape you get into, but it's how you feel along the way. And from my experience and from clients' experiences, which there's dozens of that have had the great experience that I've had, um, honestly, there's no other way to, to do it, to live your life. And, and looking back and going into nutrition now, I've got such a better grasp of it. I feel so much more confident approaching my day and my week. And what I do now is like I will have days and weeks where I don't eat extremely on the ball, in terms of it's no processed food like there's still going to be some processed food but it's about living a lifestyle as well but from knowing what makes me tick and what works best for me it allows me to take that kind of stop start mentality where I can be like nope if I feel like I'm falling into one direction too much I'm self-aware enough now to know that that food makes me feel certain ways and now if I eat this way I'm going to feel that way the latter which is clearer mindset better sex drive more energy clearer skin uh, less bloated, better sleep, all of that stuff that comes with nailing your nutrition and understanding Chinese medicine and biohacks that are allowing you to optimize your sleep and your morning habits and stuff. You know, there's more to it. But yeah, that's how we how we touch on that. I love that, mate. You're the Ayrshire Ben Greenfield. Mm. I'll take that, man. I'll take that. Just not as shredded right now. Not as shredded. Get, get in there, mate. And I loved how that went full circle from mentioning your coach to implementing that approach to yourself, realizing the cognitive and muscular and physical benefits of that. And then applying that to a panel of pre-existing clients and new existing cl new clients, sorry. And having not only physical and mental results, but medicinal results. Yeah. So alluding back to the coach, having a coach mentality, I want to understand your body and business is in good shape right now. Mm -hmm. So why did you hire a business coach? So I, if I, I've worked with three business coaches you okay. know, over, over my career. And again, just if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Like there's always somebody out there that has got more experience than you, more wealth than you more clients than you more systems more structure behind building again i'm only i'm only early on stages i'm young like in the grand scheme of things i'm invest i'm and having a business coach is just somebody there to point you in the right direction to tell you what to do and especially what not to do because a lot in business that a personal trainer will never find out in the pt academy or doing their level three you're told to train you're taught the basic fundamentals of anatomy physiology and biomechanics but then when it comes to running and scaling a profitable business in which you can employ people which can give you the freedom and the lifestyle that you want in the years to come then 
you you need to go out on your own to learn that and it doesn't come easy you need to be able to sit at the right table and be worthy to sit at the right table when reaching out to these mentors because they don't take any Tom, Dick and Harry on. You've got to be, you got to be driven and I've, mm-hmm. and it's worked, you know, I've invested in some of the best fitness business coaches in the game. And I have, I've spent 10,000 pounds in the last two years on personal development. And that's, that's a fair chunk of money that's big and that's allowed me but that that ten thousand pounds has been really back to me handsomely just through what i've learned so it's all been money well spent yep one of the things i want to echo that you said was about being not being the smartest person in the room and one of the phraseologies i like is you should aspire to be the dumbest person at the table where the tables consistently change mm, i like that it's, that was really useful for me to hear. And I guess one thing I want to talk about as well is, and I've not asked you this before, but what is your biggest win from lockdown? Biggest win? Just honestly, man, just keeping in business. Like, <laughs> keep keeping in business. Like, I've seen a lot of PTs just hide in the grass, dig their head in the sand and go out of business and for them to delete their accounts to take their websites down to, you know, and it's been scary. It was scary for a moment. I thought I would have to, I was like, where the, where's clients going to come from this, that and the other, but you know, the best thing I could have done is just to stand them on two feet and, and make it through this and come out the other end with arms open, smiling, like, yes, we've done it. Like without feeling like I've um, lost too much along the way. Well, so your biggest win is essentially gratitude. Yeah. All right. Just being happy with what I've got <laughs> and not being like, oh, I'm always chasing more, which is generally that's how my mind works, but just still remembering that you you literally still managed to get a wage from your clients over lockdown. They still paid for a service, which they thought was valuable and got the results they wanted. So Lewis, pat on the back, mate, you delivered results, you delivered value, and you delivered community and reassurance to the people that, needed it the most and to me that's enough mate i'm going to tie a knot in this conversation but you dropped bombs to summarize we spoke about how environment dictates results how gratitude affects motivation how essential planned burnouts are how to separate yourself from your business and so much many other key influential nuggets of value so mate before we go, what are three top tips you would give to someone who wants to start or mobilize their business to an online platform in 2021? Um, three main tips would be make sure that you know in the back of your head or even the fucking front of your head that being an online coach is not drinking mojitos in the beach of Barbados with your feet up on a laptop in your lap doing one hour of work a day. Being an online coach is an office job. It is a nine to five. It is waking up, logging on, cracking on, getting a job done. So put that in your head. It is just as much admin, if not more, than a normal job that someday on the high street would work. So put that in your head. That's tip one. So once you realize that, 
you can say to yourself, right, I know there's a lot of hours to be worked in this day. So you can put that to bed there. Um, two, a wee tip would be make sure your on-ramp to your service is accessible. You want to have you want to be able to have your ideal clients be able to skateboard up your right onto your on-ramp and be gliding and you know jiving straight away. So make sure when you're taking clients onto your team that it's easy for them. <clears throat> but also make sure you're pre-qualifying them so you're not just working with tire kickers or head melters or people are just not going to really give the program a hundred percent because I've had that before and nothing nothing's worse for your self-confidence in your your business than refunds or you know um churning stuff like that you want your clients to be on plan sticking to plan getting results loving the service so not everyone is going to be your client you need to niche down a little bit to the point that you can pre-qualify a client when they're coming on your team so the questionnaire is right the system is right when you're doing an onboarding call with them you're asking the right questions so they know that you as a coach is going to be able to be the person for them that guides them to the end of the journey, but also for you to be interviewing the client almost to be like, right, is this guy going to be a tire kicker? Is she going to annoy me? Is she going to actually make results? I, like, Because there's nothing more powerful, powerful for your self-worth than be able to say no, even when there's money in the table, even when somebody's saying, I really want to work with you here's x amount of cash or this is your charge but i i I think your your third tip came out of the back of that second one is the biggest productivity tool is just saying no yeah it's man as it's fucking true and that's something i've only learned recently and it's there's nothing more liberating than saying to somebody who wants your service that you don't feel right for your service and saying you know what I'm not right for you. You don't qualify to be one of my clients. I know somebody down the road who's also a good coach that you'd be able to work with that's going to suit you more and give you what you want for where you're at. Like, so yeah. to make your messaging more succinct there, mate, I think three takeaways from there was number one, have self-awareness is an online coach admin job really for you mm-hmm. number two is emotional intelligence yeah can you read people are they tire kickers are they going to waste your time are they going to be accountable to you are they going to represent the brand that you want to build exactly and number three is the biggest productivity tip is saying no mate what a conversation this has been oh, it's been a pleasure as always it's been overdue where can the people find you and join in on LMC so you can head over to my website lewismcfarlandcoaching.com where you can inquire to work with me or just have a wee look maybe download an ebook if you're on um, you can get me on Instagram at lewismcfarlandcoaching um, just to stay on top of my daily content which has always been released didn't get uh, content out yesterday because I was just having a day um, but yeah just Lewis McFarlane coaching on all platforms I've got a YouTube channel that is fairly inactive but if you want to see what I was at maybe one or two years ago that's quite cool to have a look I like looking back on it to see how far I've come um, what else what else you, um, yeah there we go you know Instagram Facebook all Lewis McFarlane coaching website Lewis McFarlane coaching and that's where we're at man thank you it's been a pleasure mate. Yeah. speak to you soon it's been absolutely real cheers cheers